Taxonomy is for the convenience of people. Made by people, and it's for the convenience of people. Animal don't care. Welcome to From the Ground Up, where we talk to reptile keepers and breeders about all things cold-blooded. Sit back and have a beer with us. Well, some of you are driving. If you're driving, keep your hands tended to and enjoy the show. Welcome to number 59 of From the Ground Up. Um, a little, a few things before we get started. <laughs> to get started. A few things before we get started. Um, as you guys probably know, we do have t-shirts for sale. Every t-shirt you buy goes to help support the podcast. Um, snakes and beer t-shirt. All my brain's not working. I don't know what kind of Port City Pythons t-shirt. I'm looking at you for answers. Like you're supposed to help me here. And um, Carpet Fest is going to be, Southeast Carpet Fest, that is, is going to be May 4th and 5th. May 4th and 5th at the Ivory Mons house if you, <laughs> from uh, Ryan Sullivan of the Ivory Connection. So hit up Evan Browder. You can hit me up. You can hit Ryan up at Ivory Mon King on Facebook and get some details about that. Um, it will be a great time. It doesn't matter if you aren't into carpet pythons. Ryan doesn't even have carpet pythons. Um, he has Gila monsters. or I take that back. He has beaded lizards. He has retics. He even has some king rat snakes. He has some crocodilians. He has cool stuff. So it will be fun just to hang out and see all the animals he has to offer and talk to people about whether it be carpet pythons, snakes, uh, whatever else we all have in common as we usually do. And um, yeah, that's pretty much all I've got to say about that. Oh shit, sorry, it was Southern. Evan just <laughs> corrected me. Southern Carpet Fest. What did you even say? I, wasn't I, I said I said Southeast. Oh. Uh, don't let Ian hear it. <laughs> so uh, so now that that's disasters over today, we have Tony Jerome of Selective Scale. So if you guys don't know Tony, um, he does Carpondros. Which if you don't know what a Carpondro is, it is a carpet python and a green tree python. Which uh, has mixed feelings, I think, in the hobby, but we're going to get all into that. And um, if you haven't seen, he doesn't think it, but he has like the funniest social media posts <laughs> that <laughs> he says he doesn't like to talk, but his social media posts are top notch. And uh, so check him out at Selective Scales wherever on social media. So, Tony, I saw because I had to creep your Facebook to <laughs> get the uh, the picture for the cover art and i saw you had a picture of a snake where you couldn't have been you know older than like 10 or so so when did you first get into snakes 10 uh, so <laughs> yeah, pretty good yeah we uh, took a trip to austin and uh back when austin was <laughs> the country and uh, it was a lot different and uh we stayed at a place and there were water snakes ribbon snakes garter snakes everything everywhere so my dad showed and showed us his interest in that uh you know no fear <laughs> so we collected a few and brought them back to dallas we lived in dallas at the time and set up a big old aquarium with water in it and 
what do you call it? Uh, gravel. Put some mm. frogs in there and watched them eat and everything. And it was it was good stuff. <laughs> I was hooked at that point and uh, went out and collect. We later moved to Austin, and I uh, every snake I found, you know, I'd pick it up and look at it, figure out more about it. I learned what's good, what's bad. Uh, in my whole time there, I probably only ran into two venomous snakes <laughs> out of all the all the stuff I've done. Never saw a water moccasin or a cottonmouth. Uh, saw one rattlesnake, one coral snake. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, had had a rat snake. Of course, this was before the internet and <laughs> carry is what it is. <laughs> and be, being a stupid teenager, you know everything's thrown in the tank. To, you know oh, together. Gosh. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> And, and you'll live and learn, and uh, but but I, I had a little bit of everything, a few lizards, a few alligator lizards, which was cool, uh, uh, Texas rat snakes, uh, emery rat snakes, uh, garter snakes, ribbon snakes, both kinds of water snakes that were down there, diamondback blotched, uh, just good stuff. And, and then uh, I, I was always happy with the snakes, always interested in them but of course as school and life takes over <laughs> that stuff started to dwindle but then at 18 i got my first boa constrictor bought a baby boa constrictor and i had him for 14 years so, so he was really all i had for that amount of time so i did i did pretty good with him I, again it's not perfect like the information you get today about keeping the heat right you just put a light in and and hope for the best it was it's it's very unprofessional <laughs> but uh it, it 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 is what it is learned a lot uh had him for 14 years and then he finally went his own way then i had a child and so <laughs> snakes were out of the question uh was about six seven years ago uh heard about this thing called narbc mm-hmm. hmm, so they actually have reptile shows cool we'll go to that and uh, a guy named sean christian was there I saw my first jungle carpet python there. I'd seen them before in books, but, you know, it really didn't stick in my mind. But when I saw that, I went, oh, that yellow and black is just it's beautiful. And uh, he, he showed me. He was very informative and everything. And, and uh, he had several out there that, that looked really good. And my wife and I were talking about it. And you want to get another snake? Yeah, I do. He said, well, come by the house sometime. And I'll, you, I got a lot more you can look at. So I went by there and he hooked me up with my first first carpet python Layla, who i still have today she's six years old and that's that that big female that just yeah she's laid this, she just she laid her third clutch so they're in the incubator right now I have hopefully 17 good eggs that we'll we'll see what uh i mean 17 eggs with with veins at this point mm-hmm. chances are not all of them will go because that's just the way they are they still have a pretty good percentage of hatching i'm trying but, so hard not to ask more questions about the eggs but we're gonna we're gonna get to oh that. <laughs> yeah please do please do so so that's where i'm at I, I i can't even remember how the how the apodora got in but somehow i i can't remember if i saw it on the internet or what and and some guy had a little baby one on his hand for sale and i went missy missy's my wife and uh <laughs> we decided to get him because he was gonna be a big snake but not a huge snake like a berm or, or a or a retig. You know? And if, if people don't know Apodores, it's a it's a Papuan python. If it, it looks similar in coloration to an Australian olive python, except they have. <laughs> I'm not that familiar with the Australian, but they they have a band on the lower portion of their body that tends to change color somewhat. Mm. It it'll go from yellow to brown to green 
Uh, some I've even heard say white, but uh, I haven't seen that in him. Uh, don't know if it's hormonal temperature or whatever. It just it just happens. I'll take him outside, and it'll go from green to brown, and it, it's it's just cool. But uh, yeah, they 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 get big uh, upwards probably of 16 feet, but stay in the 50 pound range, which for an old fart like me, that's more manageable. <laughs> I don't need 200 pounds hanging on me. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it's, we got him. And then I was kind of in the, let's get one of everything. I like that. I like that. I like that. And, and, and my wife goes, uh, uh-uh. <laughs> let's concentrate on one thing and do it well. And so, so I do still have some pets. I got a bull snake and, and the pop one, which, which are pets. But we decided on on the carpets and the green tree pythons. And uh, since where did the the green trees? The green tree I got it actually a Lone Star show, and it was sold to me as a captive bred. I don't know if that's factual or not, but I'm not going to go a whole lot further than that into it. It worked out. It, so. it worked out really well. I had to spend some some vet dollars on him to to make him really? eat eat well and and uh, clean him up a little bit. But uh, yeah, and that was just a walk by. Woo, this is cool. Uh, took him out. He didn't chew me or anything. So that, you know, we decided to get him. The price was reasonable. Uh, so for for three years, you know, they just grew up and they'd hang out together and whatever. I, I, uh, Layla was sold to me as a probable female. So I wasn't sure on her. The The green tree was, was, uh, was a, was a male. Um, so, and one time, one time I had them together and, you know, they showed interest and I went, Ooh. <laughs> So <laughs> what was the, it? Did you know the outcome? Not you know, what a really, was really. Not really. Uh, Bill Stegall and Evan mentored me big time <laughs> on on the whole initial process of getting this going. And uh, of course, like you said, there are some haters. There's a lot of haters, but you know, there's a lot of things I don't like. So mm-hmm. so be it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I put them together. Didn't know anything about breeding or incubating or anything. So so like I said Bill and Evan kind of mentored me through getting that going. Uh, uh, got got me an incubator, uh, wine cooler, fridge incubator, and and the first one worked. And they turned out looking just what I think really cool. They turned they 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 hatch black and white, almost pure black and white. And uh, on on these jungle mixes anyway, they they tend to get more yellow as they age. Some more yellow, some stay a little more cream color, but they also get a black speckling. It's not really a tipping of the scales. It's just some, some it gets more black scales in the white uh, areas. It's, yeah. It's a distinctive look. Right. I wish they wouldn't do that, but they do. <laughs> it's like, it's kind of dirtying, but it's not the dirtying that you're used to. And it's so, not, it's, it's not browning. It's, it's, it's yeah. actually, it's the same color as the other black scales. Yeah. Uh, I say I have two that have not gone that route, but it seems m- more the rule than the exception that they're going that that's going to happen on these fifty fifties anyway. Uh, this year, hopefully, I'm trying for the seventy fives. I got one of my fifty fifties will be three and a half years old, almost four, and she's already a thousand grams. So she hopefully she'll be by December fifteen, sixteen, or something like that, and and. Uh, might might introduce daddy to her just to see what uh, happens <laughs> so we're talking 75 percent jungle at this no 75 percent green tree okay there, there are 75 percent jungles and a lot of people do them and they are more difficult to tell from a regular jungle i'm sure there are some markers that you can and i'm not saying i'm not gonna do it 
I'm just saying I don't like them as much. I might I might do that just to prove out some of my males because typically the males are are sterile. I mean that that is that is a theory. Some people say they've had luck with it. I want to see if I have luck with it. But so you're saying the 75% jungles are just too close. Too close to a jungle to to where I mean if if you if you sell it if you sell it to somebody and you represent it well but then they decide to sell it and they don't represent it. Well, I don't want to be the guy to, to, to uh, propagate that. Right. I, I want, you know, the 50 fifties are very distinct. The 75 green trees are very distinct. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure there's some 75% jungles that are very distinct. I don't, haven't seen that many of them. So, so a little more research needs to be done. <laughs> right. And I'm, I'm the first guy to say that I don't like the idea of hybrids because yeah. it muddies the waters, but yeah, like you said, I mean, I think that's a responsible thing. 75% you can barely tell. But, I mean, I can tell every one of your 50-50s yeah. Yeah. is a Carpondro. There's just some type of quality about them. Yeah. They look they look different. I mean, the the body shape, the mannerisms, it's it's 50-50. It, it's, it's not one or the other. And the head scalation is different, too. Mm-hmm. It's not like a it's, – it's got – it's a mix between the green tree and the jungle. Right. As far as I don't know the names of the scales, so I can't get scientific on that. <laughs> the scale counts yeah. and everything. Is there a difference between which one, male or female, is the GTP or, or the jungle? And this is just my opinion. Uh, green trees are generally smaller than carpet pythons. So scientifically, if the egg size is determined by the female, probably it wouldn't make a difference. If the egg size is determined by both parents, then it could really be detrimental to a green tree python, in my opinion. Uh, because normal green tree pythons hatch out, what, 8, 12 grams maybe? Right. Mine are hatching out at 25. So, Would you yeah. Want a green tree to be able to hold a no, no, no. But if the egg size is determined by the female, then it wouldn't make a difference. Right. I'm not willing to sacrifice my female. Say, are you going to try? No, not me. Not well, me. plus, I mean, just in general, you want a pregnant a pregnant carpet python is much easier to deal with than a pregnant chondro, correct? I have not had a pregnant chondro yet. I've heard one way the best way to kill a chondro is to breed it. So, <laughs> so, so I'm working hard and and long to to build these guys up to age to where I can make some green tree pythons. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's a four to five year, not a, not a three year uh, ordeal. And I said, I'd, I'm old. <laughs> I can only do this so many times. <laughs> so you have, um, so you want to put generally the female jungle and then the, the male is going to be green tree python. Yes. And, how do you determine that, you know, is there some type of compatibility issue or, I mean, you only, you that's also, that's, and that's, work? that's, yes, that is also unknown because some people will put them together and they are always making slugs. They're always infertile and, and it, there might be some compatibility issue there. Uh, or maybe whether, northern condos, <laughs> whether it's locality or whatever. I mean, oh, we get real technical here. Different snake things are are different. <laughs> That's the scientific term, but it, you know maybe maybe some of them aren't compatible. I don't know. Uh, right. Like I said, yeah, but I I, I winged it. Yeah. <laughs> and Pretty lucky then. Yeah, I I've, I know this pair works. Uh, it, it's worked for three times, and and now here this year I can start 
seeing if other things work. Mm-hmm. You know, the other ones are of age enough. So what are you expecting out of the clutch that just dropped? And then where does it go once you make the 75s? How do you continue? Do you think that they're going to be breedable? I, I, I think I think they are. I think they are. I mean, I'm going to breed the sire back to its daughter to try for the 75s if, if everything looks good this year. Uh, right right now with the with the clutch I have now, I think I have 17 good eggs. Like I said, that time will tell. <laughs> 17 are showing veins, but the uh, you know usually a couple dud out before then, but. Uh, it, it's generally a pretty good hatch rate. And I won't, I mean, I won't keep any more of these. I have enough. And another thing about them with the green tree genetics in them, I'm afraid to sex them. Mm-hmm. So I'm just now discovering what my two year olds are by their sheds. I mean, uh, so you were holding a bunch back and they're all males. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, I God. know I have one female. Uh, one, the one that's questionable is in shed now, so I should know in a few days, <laughs> but yeah, I have and, a bunch you, of and they're shedding sperm plugs like yeah. a green tree would. Yes. Yes. I mean, it's very definitive. I sent that picture that time. And right. Yeah. It's, that's, it's whether they're fertile. Don't know. That's, right. that's something that's I've got to figure out how I want to prove out. Because I have one that I really would like to use in another year, Tater. Mm. <laughs> so it seems like you have good odds on cooking the eggs. So it's I kind so, of yeah. uh, you. It would be more of a carpet python incubation rather than. I mean, green yeah. tree people you hear lots. Yeah, of I'm not food. varying the temperature. I got. I have. I have a uh, just regular incubator, and the probe is in the box in the middle of the egg pile, uh, and it's at uh, is it 87.5. Mm-hmm. So. Thermostat's keeping it there. So when the egg, theoretically, when the eggs start heating up, you know, the thermostat will still keep them at that. I don't know if that's right or wrong. Like I said, I'm, this is, this is just what I've done and I've, I've had pretty good luck with it. So, so. Okay. I know we got into talking about eggs, but I have one question. I don't know if it's technically backtracking, but what, I mean, obviously you only can look to your collection, but if you had endless green trees to choose from, what, characteristics are you looking for in the green trees of what you want to put i i personally like the blue stripes on the back and 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 well any blue i mean uh a full blue one would be neat i don't know if that would translate into the carpondros or not because like that they i i I, no not right now it isn't i mean right right now they're black in a greenish shade of yellow and some are some of them are really yellow but some of them still have that green hint to them mm-hmm. um but I, I don't as far as green tree pythons are concerned i like the blue ones <laughs> uh-huh. but at, at the end of the day is it it's not a huge factor once you put them together because it's just not showing up that much i don't i can't answer that because like i said i've, <laughs> yeah. I've only had these two together and they, they they're they're quite similar the ones that, that they're producing now, do you have any interest? Obviously, you're using jungles. Do you have any interest in coastals and bread lie and any other morelia? I really don't. I mean, uh, I have I have one uh, caramel jag female that uh, I, I again I haven't decided if I I want to do anything with her. What's or not. better than a hybrid? A jag tarted hybrid. You, know? <laughs> you might as well go full. Well, you, you know, uh, I I really like the yellow and black. That's I mean that's mm-hmm. me personally, and it, it seems to be. Uh, other people seem to like it too. So 
That's right. that's right now. That's what I'm sticking with. I don't, I don't have cage space to branch out a whole bunch. <laughs> right. And now, I mean, there's some people that don't even think that they should be in the same genus. So mm-hmm. the fact that you're successful putting them together should say that they're at least pretty closely related. Seems to be, but but <laughs> pe- people are putting pythons together from from Africa different countries, and and and, and it's and it's still working. And and right. I'm I'm a hypocrite when it comes to some of this stuff. I, I like what I'm seriously, I like what I do, but I I don't like what some some of the other people like do. Hybrid doesn't it, mean you like all hybrids. Yeah, possible. but I don't fault anybody for doing it either. You know, but why all, do hybrids look so much better? They all look amazing. I don't well, love them, but they all I, look. I, I don't know that all of them do, just, but but uh, I've seen some pretty ugly ones. <laughs> but uh, maybe just those the, the pretty ones get on the market or whatever. Yeah. But, <laughs> what uh, sucks is the the bowlins to whatever. See, I, I I I don't I couldn't do that with good conscience. I mean, right. not not a real you know high class rare snake like that. That I, I just I, I don't feel comfortable with or that. The, uh, the woma ball, the wall. I said, you, you can do what you want. That's, That's not something I would do. That one's and, and the reason I say that is because a dream snake of mine would be a Bolin's. I don't think I'll ever have one, but if mm. I had a chance, yes, I would. And no, I would not make hybrids with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you're saying that in yeah. public. So yeah. people yeah, it's don't on the record. burn you at the It's stake. on the record. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess the the whole thing with breeding snakes is that I don't want to breed snakes to make snakes that are uglier than their parents right right like you're getting something you're putting a jungle with a green green tree python you know and you're getting something that almost looks radioactive half the time that's what i'm trying to i'm I'm not i mean i i I respect all the people that do purity and lineage and all that sort of stuff i utmost respect for that that's what they want to do i'm not breeding for zoos i'm not breeding to return to the wild, I'm trying to paint a pretty picture for somebody who wants one. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's and that's what it, and it's they're unique. And I, the, about the the size and the the health so far is uh, you're introducing a whole new genetics. It's not. I mean, all the carpet pythons, you know, the jungles are basically descended from the few that were imported. Right. Uh, to the best of my understanding. Uh, mm-hmm. So, so there's there's a lot of uh, I think just introducing that new stuff. The, the guys that I have seem to be very healthy. Uh, I said they're only three years old, so time will tell. Uh, I know some hybrids of, of different snakes that you know they went nine years and then they they, they kick off at nine years. Uh, I think the carpondros have been around a little longer. I don't personally know the people that have had them that long. Mm. Just but uh, yeah, did the first one. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Eugene Bissett, I thought, did the first one. That's the yeah. first one that I've ever heard of, and that's the first one that I felt advertised a carpondro. Yeah, but then again, you never know because there's people you know out there doing things that we never know. Yeah, you know, there's people with so many cool snakes. Oh yeah, yeah, amazing collections that don't necessarily do what we do and don't yeah. have social media presence yeah. and yeah. stuff like that. So. And John Martin, he's made some 75s that are just, they're cool. I mean, the, the 75% tree python and, and the, the pattern or the coloration in those is so variable. Just from the one, I, I assume it was one clutch that he had. Uh, some are like a steel gun blue gray throughout. Bill Stiegel has one of those. It's it's really cool. And some, some are... Uh, greenish with with still some little patterning circles and stuff like that on there uh but they they still don't look like a green tree python mm-hmm. 
It's it's they're they're really cool. I hope that I hear they're a little more uh, susceptible to uh, fertility issues at the seventy five percent level. And that's male and female. I'll tell you in a few years. (laughs) (laughs) It is. (laughs) Well, now, I mean, everyone's interested. Is it more at the 50-50 level? Are you more green tree? Like the characteristics, like how do they meld together? So really want I want to start out at the bottom level. We talked about the eggs, but you said your babies are coming out at 25 grams. I'm not sure how big an average jungle carpet baby would it's be. It's about that. Okay. So I think it's, I think it's at 23, 20, 23. I had one come out at 12. I, I named him Runt. I mean, he was he was half the size and I'm going, this is this is weird and he was also a lot more red as a baby and I'm going this 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 is he looks just like the others now. So like, it doesn't he, make a difference. But I fa- I that I doubt it. I I don't know, but I don't I don't think so. Uh, but the he ate after three days after the egg, and other than shedding, hasn't missed a week in two and a half years. I mean, he's the same size as everybody else at this point. So yeah, I mean, it's just weird. Yeah, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's also the next question is: um, Are these animals starting to feed like carpet pythons, or are they trickier like green trees? My first year, learning year, was uh, I had some that, that uh, ate pretty well and some that uh, Bill helped him with. He took, I think, three to his house and tried to get them going, and that didn't work, and I brought them back. And uh, I had one, the very first one I hatched, named it Uno, and I, he, just, he just wouldn't eat at all. And I said, Evan, you can have this snake if you want it. And, you know, it, it, you, this, is, this is the deal. It, it, you know, if it works, it works. Your first one? Yeah, he took it home. Eight in like five minutes. <laughs> Congratulations. Oh, so that's yeah. why Evan mentioned something about, don't you know that they just need a quick car ride? Yes. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So and and Bill was saying that too. To. Yeah. They, they, uh, sometimes who knows what the deal is, if it's just the motion or, or, or what rocking a baby to sleep, maybe. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. But, but it's also, I've, I've had some that, that hasn't worked on, you know, it's a crapshoot. Right. Uh, so this second clutch, uh, like I said, Runt was, was, he was actually had his head down off the perch three days out of the egg. You know, everybody was, I was going you know, to wait until after the first shed, which is seven days, maybe 10 days on, on some of them. And I said, I'm, I'm going to try it. And I did. And he ate, he just snatched it. So I went, okay, I'm going to try the rest. And I had a really good success rate with my second clutch. Just so th- this one, yeah, two, three days in, I'm going to offer if they don't take it, no big deal. If they do. Mm-hmm. Big step, <laughs> big <Yeah>. hurdle. <laughs> and I guess you mentioned it a little bit, but people are wondering, I mean, jungle carpets will sometimes as babies perch, but mm-hmm. how often are these things terrestrial perching? And then throughout the life cycle, I mean, you have some animals that are getting up there now. So I have, I have my, my female who is, uh, she just turned three. Uh, she's in her hide all the time. Uh, sometimes I see her out at night, but, uh, so well, she's gone full jungle carpet. Pretty much. Uh, all the others are pretty much on their perch all the time. These bastards are just doing whatever they want. Yeah, they do. They do. It's 50-50. <laughs> it's like a new show every day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, I mean, that's just, it's hard to delineate, like, because they are literally both animals as far really? as. Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. I yeah. know. What? I know. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Really? Okay. I know. 
What <laughs> I'm trying to think what other I mean size is also a question. The I have I have varying sizes. I have one <laughs> you know him Sir Testicles. He's not you a You have great names. Yeah, he, way, he's bro. not a he's not a great eater. Uh the name is cuz he has cock and balls on his head, so that's just what it is. But but he's always been one, he was a real slow starter and he's always been one to only eat every other week or so. And he's, I think the only one that went off feed this whole winter, he just, he just stopped and he's, he's a mouser and, and he's smaller than my 2016. He's a 2015 and he's smaller than my 2016s, but he seems healthy. I keep, you know, people have offered to buy him. I said, I, I you know, I don't know that there's not something wrong inside. And that's just that whole hybrid question you, you you just don't know and i i, I love them i'm not going to sell them to anybody anyway but just because of that because i I, ca- I could not in good conscience say that there's nothing something going on inside because of that the other ones uh my male and female from 2015 they're a good five and a half feet long i mean they're they're they're, they're big I, in my opinion for for a three-year-old snake <laughs> mm-hmm. so you're seeing that um I mean, your your jungle female has to be a good seven she's, feet or so. She's, I would say, six and a half. Yeah, six and mm-hmm. a half, seven, and she's about four thousand grams at last weight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, that's a that's a pretty big girl. Yeah. And I'm not sure how big a female green tree would top out at. That I don't know because I haven't raised one up yet. But that depends on locality too. I mean, I've heard right. some of the BX get six maybe seven feet but uh weight wise i don't know my, my so we're kind of in the same area lengthwise but maybe more heavy body yeah yeah my jaipura who's the male he's 550 grams and he's probably eight years old so mm-hmm. he's not getting a lot bigger <laughs> so are you seeing that they are um have a body structure of a carpet or of a green tree or somewhere in the middle. <laughs> somewhere in the middle. <laughs> they have that. I mean, to me, carpets have a kind of an oval shape to them anyway. Now, Layla might be different because she's had three clutches. She's kind of spread, you know, but, but these guys have kind of an oval shape to them, uh, which is to me is kind of green tree-ish, but it's, it's there in the carpet too. So mm-hmm. now I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I remember you. Well, it's so hard because they're so in the middle ish slash like I know their tail their tail their tail is to me is definitely a jungle tail. I mean you know how fragile a green tree tail is because it it does the whole wormy thing and I have the one I got one that does the the tail wag thing and he's terrible at it. He just he sucks. I mean it's like it's like a bullwhip out there just going around. There's no finesse or anything to it. I'll sit down at the computer and be looking at him and he's staring at me just whapping that thing around like And I feel like they look cheap. green. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's very hard because I had one because I've seen a lot of carpandros around, mm-hmm. and I didn't notice how um, yours in particular are straight to jungles, and how it just they're like super enhanced jungles. They're to the point where you can you, you know they're not jungles, yeah, but they're definitely not green trees, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like. This is like my dream jungle carpet. Yeah, but it's a yeah, it's a carpandro. Yeah, yeah. I have the one that that doesn't have any of the tipping in it yet. I'm going to call it tipping because I have no better word for it. But uh, 
that just uh, the tip. You, you just <laughs> okay scaling <laughs> the dark and dark and scales in there. And uh, people constantly ask me, is that a jag? Is that a, you know, what is that? And I go, no, it's a carpondro. <laughs> I mean, it definitely does, um, especially seems to on the head and stuff like that kind of mess with pattern. I mean, yeah, they got a, they got a funky pattern on their heads, I think. Yeah. And, and it, uh, at least the, my pairing, they're, they're somewhat similar, uh, I'd like to see more of other people's and I, I, I don't get to see that many just on Facebook, you know, and the 50 fifties, I've seen some IJs that come out red and white, uh, as babies. I don't, I'd like to see how they, how they turn out. I haven't mm. seen them. I've seen the baby pictures. I haven't seen the progression. Sometimes pictures. there's the reason for that. Well, there might be, I know yeah. I, I, I'm pretty sure that Bill has one that is, uh, uh, IJ and it's, it's quite yellow too. Really? It's got a pretty bright yellow on it too. It's got a little more white to the belly, but it's a it's a big girl. It's a big girl. So is there is there any reason why you wouldn't just you know those super mutts out there as far as carpets goes, those bread breadly jungle mm -hmm. jag, whatever the hell's do you think just throw that to a green tree and you think it would throw all separate things or like cause it seems like there's such a range cuz from an outsider seeing it, I had a different idea of carpondros than when i went to yeah. your place yeah because they all seemed uniform had a certain look to them yeah but i'd, I'd be curious to see what a diamond looked like what a brittle eye looked like uh, don't have those so i'm i'm not gonna do it if somebody else wanted to i'd be happy to see them <laughs> but yeah but uh uh i'd be you know are they all gonna look similar once they mature and go through their color change or whatever and i don't know how long they're gonna keep color changing uh, I mean, it, sometimes it, it seems like the yellow keeps getting more and more intense or, you know, uh, I, 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 I don't know. That's, Do this, this, think, is, this is a, a, a long experiment for me. Right. <laughs> Do you, did you see the change more intense than, you know, a regular jungle or was it pretty similar? Well, I never raised a baby jungle. I mean, from, from from brown and black from brown and black they they already pretty much had some yellow in them uh so so i don't know i think it's a pretty drastic change myself at least at least in in my clutches like i said i can't speak for what other people are seeing but going from white and black to yellow and black as compared to brown and black to yellow and black because <laughs> i mean for people that don't know jungles every shed they get a little bit more yellow yeah hopefully a little bit more black yeah this this but, seems to me to me it was kind of gradual mm -hmm. I yeah because like i'm but a green tree can over one shed oh man yeah i have one that did it in a matter of two weeks and others that are going months i mean right. I, I bought I, when i bought him he was i think probably six weeks old and he's starting his change and he's over a year old now and he's still changing <laughs> <laughs> Um, Austin said, if you did a GTP to a bread lie, would you call it a Christmas tree? I don't think I, I guess the, the, the red and green. Oh, yeah. Okay. You guys, <laughs> you call whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you said it was a Christmas tree. That would be up to whoever. I, I guess so. Him. I think it would still be a Carpondro. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder what would happen. Just some of the, you know, the bigger species. I mean, jungles seem pretty comparable in comparison to 
say, you know, some of the larger coastals and stuff like that, or even bread lie yeah. in size to a uh, green tree python. I zoned on you. What was the question? <laughs> I'm no, still thinking Christmas just, tree. Yeah. Don't worry. Yeah. I understand you. Yeah. I, I, I tend to think it would probably start out as a, as a white and red baby, like some of those IJs do, but what it would turn out to be, I don't know. Same thing with a with the, with the coastal. Mm. I I I I wouldn't. This is just me personally. I would not want a brown and black carpondro. I favor the yellow. That's me. I mean, right. so I'm I'm not prob- probably not going to do that. <laughs> do have a, a caramel jag that's you know, in, the, in the wings? Know what happens in the future? <laughs> um, so, do you keep them more of a? More than that. This is going to get me in trouble because I keep all my snakes the same. Um, well, you're looking at someone who also keeps everything. Yeah. And I have colubrids. I have yeah. carpets. Everything set 85 or 86. Yeah. Well, now my, my colubrids, I don't have any temp in there at all. They just have the room temp. I, mm-hmm. I have it in there that's just not ever turned on. You know, the room gets down to 76 in the winter and try it. 67 in the winter and uh and 78 in the summer so you know they make it out here in a lot worse conditions than that right. i'm not worried about them everybody else i keep uh hot spot i got radiant heat panels and they're set at about 85 or 86 depending on what layer they are in the cage because the ones in the middle hold the heat better so the ones on the sides they, they cool off faster so i have to usually bump them a degree or two to keep them at 85 mm-hmm. does that make sense yeah uh so they're they're eighty five ish. I let it drop uh, usually to eighty, seventy eight, seventy five, just depending on what mood I'm in mm-hmm. uh, at night. Uh, they're on paper or paper towels. Uh, I have uh, different size water bowls. I, I I was running into some uh, some respiratory issues with my carpets, and I think it's because my humidity was too high. Uh, it was a suggestion made, and I I think I've worked it out, and I just changed the size of the water bowls. To, to vary the humidity in in the in the cage, I got some uh, what is it uh, compressed polystyrene? I think it's what it's called. Real lightweight cages, and they hold the humidity really really well. Uh, so if if you have too big a water bowl, they actually weep inside there. So really? so, so I've had to control that. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I, I I don't mist. I do have a mister, and occasionally if I I'll throw it in there and squirt the green tree python just to, to see what it does and. They all seem to be drinking well, so I'm not worried about about that. Uh, couldn't tell you exactly what the immunity is. It's probably around seventy percent, something like that, maybe sixty. Uh, of course, that varies between winter and summer too. But uh, so I'm I'm, I'm not I'm, you know I like naturalistic uh, enclosures, but then they just poop on everything, and it's a pain right. to clean it. So with the time that I have, I, I do paper towels and and. I, I, I check twice daily. Check in the morning and evening. Clean them, disinfect them if they if they made a mess, and then new paper. And there we go. Simple. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my whole thing. If it was, if I had naturalistic enclosures, and imagine if anyone ever got mites for whatever which reason, I wouldn't. That'd know be a how nightmare. The hell to get rid of. That'd them. be a nightmare. Yeah. yeah. So that's really my concern on yeah. that side. Yeah. But um, you know. Minimalistic for the pythons, especially yeah. carpet pythons. I tried. I tried it once with the green tree python, but uh, just I had the coconut 
fiber in the bottom and put some plants in there and stuff. And of course I didn't know anything about the naturalistic stuff. It just was pretty and green. Uh, but it got the springtails and stuff in there, mm-hmm. which I wasn't really sure what those were. <laughs> they, were <laughs> they were invaders in my book. So they had to go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I just went back to keep it simple, stupid. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess you weren't off the bat. One of the keep, your carpet pythons uh like python hot like it used to be like everyone kept their animals at like 90 degrees or even you know things like ball i think i pretty much well i I sit i got the complete carpet python book and i sit and read it to the snakes and tell my snakes one day we'll be friends with nick mutton (laughs) 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 but uh but, uh, you know, it, it had a lot of good information in there and, and suggestions. And I've, I've followed that as far as the incubating and, and, and uh, haven't had any problems. So I'm sticking with it. Right. Yeah. Because, I mean, even a green tree python you could keep in that range and probably be good. A yeah. You could They're 85. Probably be good. Yeah. And, and actually, all but one of my green tree pythons spend most of their time on the cold side. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have, the, I have uh, you know, 85 underneath the heat panel. And they've picked their spot over there, and they they stay there. And they come down at night and wander around, but they always go back to that uh, that one place that they like. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, I, I I set my temperature pretty much by the snake. Right. If he's spending all his time under the heat, I bump it up. If he's spending all his time in the cold, you know, except for summertime, you know, lower it down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Did I say that right? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> so we went we went to your place and saw your collection, and. There's a few things that strike us that are different from what you do than most people is a there are display enclosures all white and all have like LED lights on them all uniform across both walls and everything looks amazing and perfect. (laughs) And B is that you really take time to like handle talk to do whatever you oh, want to the snakes yes i talk to my so, snakes <laughs> so explain us a little bit on your the way you keep your room and if that's just your own uh neuroses because <laughs> it looks beautiful i don't know what it is because my bedroom does not look like that. <laughs> my dresser does not look like that uh-huh. uh no, I, I, Jason Miller makes these cages, uh, JPM Reptilia, and the, I met him, became friends with him, and, and the first cages I bought, well, actually, I started out with Exoterra cages and had real problems keeping the heat up and stuff like that. Uh, so I met Jason and, and bought a, a big six-foot cage for my pop one and uh, didn't look back. I mean, it, it, they're, they're stack, the one thing is they're stackable. So if you have a glass cage here and a, a fish tank here and whatever, you're it's not as space efficient and I do not, it's, it's a 10 by 12 room that I'm trying to pack all this stuff in and all the young'uns are growing up. I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do with <laughs> having to get bigger caging for them. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I don't know. I, I like it all to look the same, mm-hmm. uh, just for ease of cleaning. Uh, you know, I got some lights that are kind of yellowish and some are white and it kind of drives me nuts, but I'm not <laughs> buying on all this. <laughs> <laughs> but they they really show off the snake to me. I mean, when they're underneath that LED light, that's a. Uh, I think it's, I think it's the. Co- 
I think it's the cool lights that are that are whiter and the warmer lights the, are yellow. Um, yeah, like you have those cool daylight kind of Yeah, and and it, that, and it to me it really color. makes the the yellows the glow, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, I like that. And now those were you had a few grouts and stuff. Were those 4 feet cages or 3 feet? Uh the the small cages? Yeah, uh, so yeah, one, they're, they're, one wall is 3 feet. Or? Yeah, one wall is 3 by 2 by 12s and some are 16s and, and those and, were those were animals about two years year yeah to two years yeah and the other wall they're one by one by one by two by one mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> and that uh, they they stay in there until until they're big enough to move up i just moved two over but like i said i need to figure out where to put some big cages <laughs> right don't you have an extra bedroom don't tell Missy. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. I'd be pissed if he did something like that. But <laughs> there is yes, room. I do, and it will probably not be used for that. Well, well you're going to have a lot of babies. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get them all established. And I told her, unless I can determine specifically that that one's a female or one comes out extremely unique, they're all going to be for sale once once they're established. You know, you're going to love a couple. Of them. I love them all. <laughs> I, that's that's why I'm real particular about who they go to. I like you to need I, a female. I, yeah, I do. I need to. I I I, uh, I like to you know have conversations with the people they go to and, and get to know them and and you know uh, I don't want to sell to a flipper, mm-hmm. and I do understand uh, circumstances come up, but I I trust that they send them on to good homes too. Right. You know, and although I shouldn't have that emotional attachment to everything, I do. So that's a that's a flaw. You can afford to. <laughs> you're not doing this as a full time no. job. No, it is definitely not paying for itself. Right. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> well last year I didn't have anything, so uh, So that female took a year off actually? I'd I'd put them together and uh she she started to have a sniffle. So I immediately separated them and took her to the vet, and it ended up being nothing. But I didn't think it would end up being too late. So yeah, for you, that's your sign of like, yeah, maybe she just needs a little bit of rest. Well, I thought she was coming down with an RI, and I of course didn't want to put her through that if she was going to be in a weakened it's only state anyway. Worse. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yep, snakes first, fun stuff second. Right. <laughs> and I mean that female is invaluable to you know reproducing and giving you more animals yeah. to play with. And-, and actually, you know, I was being uh, questioned about maternal incubation, which that's something I would like to try. Uh, again, I'm learning every, every, every step of the way as I go. Uh, I didn't feed her right leading into it. So I felt she probably wouldn't be strong enough to go through a whole nother 60 days or whatever of, of incubation. Uh, I was under the impression that you, took them off feed, you know, to cool them down. And, and then that was it. You're supposed to start feeding them again <laughs> until they refuse. So she went two months without feed and laid. And I just didn't want to go. And I know there's some people out there that are with turtle incubating and they'll, they will leave the eggs and, and actually feed. So again, these are things that I, I didn't have the answer to these questions and I wasn't willing to risk it this time. And I'm really glad because one of the eggs went bad and I walked in the room and it smelled like death in there. It was bad. So I had to go and if that was in her cage, I couldn't do anything with it. Yeah. So I was able to, you know, gently separate it off and throw it away. But yeah, I think it, it went bad and must have perforated because we were looking for dead mice and poop everywhere and it didn't. Nope. Nope. <laughs> do you think that 
if you did maternally incubate, you'd have to give her a year off. Is that your fear? Or it would just take too much out of her. And I've, I've been told that, that, that well, I, I, it's probably advisable. You know, I, I, I guess it just depends on how fast they recover. I mean, she's a chow hound now. She'd eat my face if I let her. I mean, every time I go in and pop a lock on any cage, she's right there looking at it. And I'm afraid to change her water bowl. <laughs> I mean, she's, she's good. She doesn't bite. You might've seen the video of me taking the eggs out and she talked a lot, but didn't, uh, didn't really offer any aggravation, so to speak, mm-hmm. which most of my guys are like that. I'm, I mean, if I get bit, it's my fault purely. I mean, they're all very food motivated. And if I pop the lock on one cage, they're all right there waiting for it. So if I were to swing that door down and throw my hand in there and grab a water bowl, chances are I'd get bit. But uh, I, I, I think I know them. I, I'd like to think that I know them. And I, I just approach them, open hand, under the chin. They give a few sniff and see how bad I smell and try to run away, pretty for the most part. <laughs> it's It's hard to say, like, as far as handling, are they you know, more carpet, more green tree, because quite frankly, both are very food motivated. So I'm guessing you're getting a lot of more animals that are food motivated. And, but, but they, they can distinguish between you and food. I mean, if if you just had taken the rats out of the freezer and were handling them and stuff and then stuck your hand in there, 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 there might be an accident. But if, if, uh, you know, it's Saturday, which they tend to know weekend days are <laughs> seem to seem to know that that's feeding day. Like I said, I popped the lock on one and all of them on one bank are, are, you know, at the front of the cage. But if I drop the drawer, drop the door and, uh, drop the drawers <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and just give them a minute to, to let the air go on and, and then slowly reach and grab their water bowl. One of the green tree pythons is, is just, as soon as I open the door, she, she lunges, See, that's what she lunges and I, and I, do that. I reach in and she lunges. But, but if I, if I keep my distance and just slowly go towards the water bowl, she eventually, and if I even, if I even bring my hand up under her, she deals and tries to hide. Which gives me a little bit of a self-conscious, but. What <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were Oh, I don't think Evan asked a question. No, he didn't. Oh. They're talking amongst themselves. Okay. Okay. So as far as um, other snakes that you have, of yeah. course. So what the other big project, or not even project, just animal that you have is your pop winner. Yeah, you yeah. Mentioned before, so. Explain to us a little bit how you got your popwin and kind of how popwins work as far as in the hobby, how you can acquire one. Are they captive born? What's going on? Um, I don't know. Next. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't really remember what got me interested in them. Uh, I think the guy's name was Mark Cole or Mike. Mike I think Mark Cole is over in Florida that had the, and this was an import fresh hatchling out of Indonesia. So he was probably six weeks old when I got him. And, uh, never look back i mean he's he's a great snake uh i think uh, some people are having luck breeding them uh i know over in europe they are and i I think there's a couple guys in the u.s but they don't have a big facebook presence so that's sorry i'm addicted to facebook but uh so i don't know much about what they're doing or how they're getting it going but i think like bolins they have a uh problem getting getting good viable eggs out of them mm-hmm. i understand their incubation time is really long you know maybe 100 days or more i'm not really sure what the number is and uh they like to eat each other so <laughs> so herein lies a big problem with putting them together you know 
Mine as a pet, I would hate to have a female and put it in there and lose one of them. You know, especially from what I understand, they don't reach maturity till seven, seven, eight years old. So you got a huge time investment there. And then to have an accident like that, I'm, 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 I'm pretty good with keeping one pet. In the in the state now, of our hobby, how many people keep an animal for seven years or eight years? Uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure Austin will. Uh, yeah. He's got a good thing going. Uh, there's a couple people. Uh, uh, Eric, uh, Eric, uh, Eric Morelli Pythons. Yeah, he he just bought. I don't know if he bought a pair. Or he just got one. But I heard him talking about it. So there more and more people are getting as as youngsters. But it's going to be a while before they're ready. A good friend of mine, John Beck, he has a male and a female. The male is. Big. He's ready to go. The female is has probably got a couple years to go. Uh, yeah, possibly, if I could find a female that was already of, of breeding age, I'd give it a try. But I I just don't feel I have the time or the space to raise up a whole no, well eight eight to ten years you whatever you're working know. with a fourteen year old animal at that point or a, yeah and I'm gonna be seventy years old you know and trying to handle a fifty pound monster they're very very strong too very strong uh-huh. uh he 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 bit me once as a mistake uh I had caught a a water snake and it musked me. And me and my infinite scientific mind of genius here said, that must be some kind of deterrent. Let's see what he does. And I, it didn't take long to figure out it wasn't a deterrent. <laughs> he was on me and wrapped in, in I mean, a split second. No. So, so it was an attraction to him. Uh, and, and, uh, but I have to be careful when I feed him because he, he will come out, but he's easily manageable. But they're certainly snake eaters in the wild. Yes. They, I, I understand they eat pretty much whatever goes in front of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what are you feeding them now? I'm feeding him chicken legs regularly and a rat as supplement uh, occasionally because generally when he eats a rat, he blows up all over the place. <laughs> it's not pleasant. Uh, the chicken legs I've had really good luck with. I don't know if there's some validity for them having the gut fauna from a full animal but you know you got the you got the bone you got the meat you got the tendons all that sort of stuff and a chicken leg if they need the the other organs and stuff that's that's why i do that mm -hmm. i don't know the answer to the question so i just you know maybe every third or fourth feeding i do that and well chicken's much much leaner than say a rat yeah yeah and 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 he'll eat he'll eat a, a pound and a half of chicken legs at a sitting uh, and and they're real easy. If I if I if if I get the small end of the leg in them, I can just take the tongs and push them right in. <laughs> it's, you can like chain them. And... Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So how often with an animal that large? Uh, when I feed him the big meal like that, I do it once a month. Mm -hmm. If I feed him a rat, which is more like you know, probably three hundred to jumbo rat, about three hundred fifty grams, I'll go every two or three weeks, maybe. Okay. And do you see any advantage to the chicken legs, or was that a convenience thing? Convenience. Easier cleanup. Right. Papuans pee a lot. I mean, almost daily. So it's like a colubrid on, on those, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. uh, I had him out the other day. You know, I was making a joke about him peeing on the floor, because <laughs> every time I take him out, he pees. Mm -hmm. And and you, you can't keep clean paper in there. You just got to say, okay, dude, every two or three days you're getting new paper. I'm not doing yeah. it every two or three, two or three times a day. But... Uh, that being said, do they drink a lot? Yes, yes. 
It did. Or you can see mine, mine does. Again, I, I can't speak for everybody. Right. I'm, I'm just going on my experience. He, he does. He does seem to like to drink. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you think uh, six foot cage, regular hide. Yeah. Regular step. I have a old, a big, it's a big Tupperware type Rubbermaid tote that I cut the side out and he fits in that fine and six foot by two feet deep by 16 inches tall. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he does, he can spread out back and forth on it, but most of the time he's curled up on one side. Mm-hmm. So, and again, he's, he's not, not that big, you know, if, if he's maybe not even that big. So yeah, you I'm can't sure see, is, but yeah. Tony was holding his hands up. Oh, you like couldn't? I'm sorry. Oh, like, like that. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I was below the screen. <laughs> no, you're right. But yeah, so softball size. And what's your, how long is your animal? He's probably between, closer to 11 feet, maybe 12. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you and think he, he's full grown at this no. point? Or? No, I, I've, I've been told they can get about 16. Okay. So I'm just, I'm, I'm slowing down. You know, I've, 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 and something else I've learned about feeding, you know, I was doing the one a week feeding on, on everybody. Right. So I've gone to feeding them once a week till they're a year old and then going every two weeks. And then, uh, I'm pretty good. I don't see any difference in it other than, mm-hmm. uh, clean up and food cost is less. They still seem happy, healthy, and they're always hungry when it's food time. <laughs> right. I mean, but they're always hungry, period. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. They would always eat for yeah, the most part. Yeah. <laughs> So I know that, um, you know, Austin has talked to us about the different variants of feeding, but have you talked to other poplin keepers? Are there, are there really any other poplin keepers? The, the two people I know right now are Austin and, and John Beck. Uh, and I don't know how much Austin has done, but like I said, I've, I've winged it this long. I think John has some friends that have some uh, overseas uh in indonesia so, so he has some good good advice on that but they they all they all seem big happy healthy good eaters and everything so so we're doing something right as far as breeding goes don't know austin i think is going to be the one to figure that one out <laughs> uh-huh. so why do you think it never really caught on when we have availability of the animals we see them imported stuff like that and I, I don't know how you know the only ones i see available Occasion, very occasionally, and, and from what I've heard from other people, are the, are the long-term, ca- uh, fresh fresh caught or long-term captive females. It seems like the males might be hard to come by. Don't know why. Uh, I've heard a lot of people looking for males, uh, and I don't, I don't just don't see them available that often. Really? Yeah. So it's it's pretty much the opposite of most other species. Yeah. You're hard pressed to find a, a male. Yeah, and Austin, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's that's what I understand. And and like I said, you just don't. S- and and I might just not be in the right circles, not, not to see them imported. That and usually from the wild, they're scarred up too. They're they're they have a, a strange skin on it. It seems real fragile. It's a tough snake. I mean, it'll it'll it's it's like a bull in a china shop. But they but they do their skin scars real easily. Yeah, so they have that black skin. So. It really shows up too, mm-hmm. uh, but all the wild caught ones are, are pretty scarred up, and, and I'm kind of curious what they're doing out there. <laughs> yeah. If that's from you know meeting each other, mm-hmm. or if that's from uh, you know tackling wild things or what, you know, right. who knows? And that's consistent through like that. It never changes as they get older, or just well, as far as as far as uh, the imports, it just seems like they all have some scars on them. Uh, so. I mean, you you can catch a lot of wild snakes, and they're not that, not too bad. But it just seems like the pop ones <laughs> seem to be. Yeah. 
So that's why I like the hatchling. He's he's fairly flawless, uh, really good natured. I mean, one of the few snakes that does not shy away at my smell, which makes me feel like him even better. <laughs> I can put him out and he'll he'll crawl across my shoes where the others come up and you know they smell you and want to go the other way. It's, it's right. just it's just a I think they're fearless. Mm-hmm. It seems to me they're just so big. That they yeah, yeah, it's like the big baby Huey of the snake world, you know. <laughs> Except they are smart, <laughs> uh-huh. as far as a snake goes. You find them attentive, kind of like you see a lot of large pythons that seem to be more attentive. I don't know if that's us thinking of it just because they're so much closer in size us than say little. Snake yeah, I, I, I don't know. They're stubborn. I mean, if he's going in a direction, you try to redirect him. He's you know, no, I'm, he always wants to crawl underneath the cages and, and or, or go underneath a dresser or something like that. And, and every time you try to redirect, he's, he wants to be the boss of him. So <laughs> it's hard. hard. It, it, it's funny. They're they're different. We're a carpet python. When I clean the carpet python cage, I can take the hide and turn it upside down and set it on the ground mm-hmm. and set it on there. And like I said, they'll travel a million miles and never leave that box. Yeah. You know, they're just every, everywhere. That but they say something but, about their intelligence. I, I, <laughs> Ain't calling my baby stupid, but uh, not the brightest, <laughs> or sharpest tag in the package. <laughs> yeah, I. Oh no, go. Sorry. I was just—I mean, poplins are such a large, stunning animal. I just don't know why more people aren't interested in just knowing more about them or keeping them. I mean, you even see some of the hard-to-breed species. You know, kept more readily than, say, a pop. It seems to be a kind of forgotten animal. I just don't think people know about them. I mean, everybody that has one said this is the so this is the most awesome snake I've ever seen. Uh, like I said their 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 color's not fantastic. I mean, it's 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 a drab green. Uh, they have fantastic iridescence, iridescence, uh, and the color change thing is pretty cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I I think as they get older, that tends to shut down a little bit. But I, I, most people, when I post a picture of them, what is that? Yeah, what is that? <laughs> you know, it's like nobody really knows what it is. Uh, you know, they're familiar with the Australian pythons. I just I think there's more uh, more media on them, so to speak. Which is interesting because I don't think it was the last NRBC. Maybe it was two NRBCs ago. Like, we saw, like, two or three poplins actually there, but, like, zero olives. Really? And I thought that was interesting. That is interesting. I feel like people know about poplins. They're starting. Olives. Well, what, really? I don't know, that's just my- well, I can tell you why that is, why at the show, is because olives are only going to be captive born and bred. Yes. So, here in Texas, well, really, in the United States, there's going to be two people that are producing olives. Maybe... There's like a stragglers, but really it's Nick Mine and really it is um, Jeff. Fuck Jeff Hartwig. Hart, sorry if I fucked up your name, Jeff. Um, but it's them two, and then there's a few guys who have random ones on fauna and stuff. But obviously, with the availability of imports, we saw an import on a flipper's table, and it's like it's that that moment where you're like, this is amazing. But you know you're taking that that shot in the dark with that animal. Yeah. Um. If you were to get another animal, what would be your best your your plan of action? I mean, if you don't have if, availability of if captive I, born and if, bred, if if I didn't have availability of captive born and bred, well, from a purely 
logical standpoint, it would be a fresh import again, a fresh baby import, less chance of parasitic infection or whatever you know long term they're eating whatever whatever's you're out there it's captive hash you're hoping an egg came in yeah 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 uh I, I've, I've gone through one with the one theoretic import that had the parasite issue on the green trees and and that's that's a mess is that enough to turn you off from uh... from from imports no mm-hmm. uh, it, it, it makes me want to research the breed or who you're getting it from Right. Or I got I have two green trees from Ryan Burke at Clockwork that are spot on, great animals, not a problem with them. They came to me eating, they're clean, they're growing good. They're I mean absolutely nothing wrong. But I see ones that shows that I just I, I turn to my wife Missy and, and say that one's gonna be dead in three weeks. Mm-hmm. You know it's, it's I'm, I'm I'm not kidding you. It, I mean they're just, they're just that skinny and that bad looking. And I said they're gonna sell this to somebody. And it's gonna it's especially, there's no way especially green trees. Right? Yeah. It's so yeah. Bad. Yeah. Um, I have a kind of historical question that's obviously for either of you. When did the naming for olive and python split? Because at one point, I mean, olives and pop went split. Like, weren't they called one thing at one point? Olives, uh, pop ones were liasis lias- at yeah, one time. So liasis at one time, and then they split off into their own genus. But I, I don't, I don't know. But I've seen it on the interwebs as both so right. so it can't be that long ago that's what i thought was not recently i can't remember why i googled it for something and like when you google it it still has them but like on the top four results on google they still had them as one thing and yeah. i thought that was interesting because yeah. i feel like known to breeders and snake people they're different but it's interesting that the the regular world and, and i think it's just because the well possibly because the research that has been done on it is so few and far between and maybe some of that earlier research was done under that and those papers just haven't been changed i mean if you if you take your olive and, and my pop one and put them together you right away will see that they are not near the same thing other other than coloration I mean, their heads are totally different shapes. Right. Their pits are different. They're, you know, they're just a whole different animal. But uh, so then I think together? I think we got more information because we were able to sequence DNA. I think technology came to a point where we were able to sequence DNA and realize that they're further apart than we realized. I don't know that for sure. But and there was that period where, like, everything shifted. I don't know if you remember. It was, like, all of Moralia got fucked up. And that's when green yeah. trees came in. That's yeah. when scrubs went out. That's when but I then, guess, and now we got the two different green trees, and, and we got the northern people, and southern. Yeah, and so which one do you want to? And some people don't even accept current taxano- taxonomy. Yeah. Some people just Ta- it. taxonomy is for the convenience of people. It's made by people, and it's for the convenience of people. Animal don't care. <laughs> that's that's one of my kind of carpondra things. Animal don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I think I don't know. In some ways, I agree with that, but in other ways, if you have keeping things associated with that taxonomy then yeah, the animal does care. If you're going to keep it one way because it's called this and you're going to keep it another way because it's called this, then the animal does I, care, I, right? I personally would kind of kind of just research where it came from myself and, and, you know, look at Indonesia, look at New Guinea and see what the temperature type of stuff there and try to match that as close as possible. Yeah, not Unf- everyone's that smart to well, do that. Well, <laughs> and fortunately, most of my snakes are from that same side of the world, same area, so... so and for myself, that's why I don't keep a lot of different stuff. I, it's just too difficult to have that many different setups. Right. I think at some point someone just said, 
I don't think people realize how little there is as far as patternless snakes out there, especially patternless pythons. Just so you could see how waters, mm-hmm. olives, popwins, there are all these random patternless snakes. Yeah. And there's not many of those out there, so they must be pretty cro- closely related. But you see the popwin and you say that head isn't. That's not the same head. No, but you also look at look at let's just take patterns for example. Look at a, a bull snake and a diamondback rattlesnake. Very similar patterns, but they're nowhere near. It, you know, ev- evolution uh, will dictate who survives by what works the best. And if a dark green snake works best in that area, you know, you're probably going to have a lot more dark green snakes. Right. And, it's my scientific input. Because <laughs> <laughs> that matters around here. It does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just think that, I mean... Are they related at some point? Of course, but maybe way back. Yeah. If, if that's the way you want, you want to think about it. But yeah, like I said, the, the the pits. I think as far as I know, the their their pits are different. Their heads are different. Probably the scalation is different. Maybe the internals and their well, obviously their skulls and things are different. But the, they don't have any legs, so they're similar. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> How so far hard. do you want to break it down? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can only do so much from our. You just, you know, we're just looking at our snakes, see how they yeah. act, and things like that. And it seems like, you know, we're more closely related to a chimpanzee than probably your. Diamond. You're more related. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like with there's more genetic you know, variation between genuses of snakes than there is yeah. between us and chimpanzees. And it's like, yeah. not everyone's following the same rules. Yeah. No, no, no one's following. That's why, why I, I can't wrap my head around, you know, the whole dog breed thing. I know they're all the same thing, but great Dane and Chihuahua are very different. I can't believe there's not some genetic difference in there. somehow. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm just stupid that way. So. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if we just, we just accept what it is a poppins of poplin and mm-hmm. not worry about what we call it but i don't know i mean obviously to the point where we're not we're not mixing pop that's never going to be a mistake we're never going to mix olives there's never going to be hybrid olive poplins just because who's breeding olives who's breeding poplins and then who so has them at their disposal 10 years ago there's never going to be carpondros yeah. so yeah, you'd probably just have a fat pop one at that <laughs> point. <laughs> yeah, you'd probably just have a meal for your pop one. <laughs> like I said, that's, uh, again, being a hypocrite, that's just not something that I would do. <laughs> I couldn't, can't answer that. That's, I just wouldn't feel comfortable with that. Me, I mean, obviously, we just acknowledge they're different, but they're, to me, they're close enough to do it, to try. I don't They're close enough to do it, for sure. Well, you could take a dark green snake and a dark green snake, and you could make a dark green snake. Uh-huh. You know? <laughs> yeah. I have a feeling it will come out patternless and grayish black. Uh, which, uh, which pits would come out what, like that? You know, and, and that's a good question. I don't, I don't do the carpondros for their mannerisms so much. It's, it's, it is for the pattern. Okay. You know, it's, a, it's a unique pattern and, and coloration. It's, that's a good point. It's a good point. I, I haven't really thought. I haven't really thought about it as as you know. I want something that perches more than a carpet python, but still kind of looks like it. I didn't think of it that way. I just yeah. I like the way that I like the way that looks. You know what else? That's all I had. When I, <laughs> and it worked. So yeah, but I mean that's a, that's a good point to where she said. I mean, twenty years ago, who was keeping a green tree python alive? Yeah, and so it's like. 
I just want to breed green tree pythons. Yeah. And then it's like, oh shit, we're getting decently good at this. Let's yeah. breed these carpets and yeah. these green trees together. Who knows where it goes? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's it, it, it was the choice I had and I took it and I like it. So I'm living with it. <laughs> I mean, once you make that choice, why does it yeah. become your thing? Yeah. Yeah. Who else is doing it the way you're doing it? Specifically, there are some people out there. I mean, I, but jungles to, I I don't know about jungles. No, I, yeah. like I said, I've seen IJs, uh, and uh, I think most of most of them are doing IJs for whatever reason. I'm not really sure why. Uh, I like the jungle. Yeah. Well, maybe they're just thinking the uh, the region as far as not mixing Australia with. Yeah. Oh, this is totally not important, but it just made me think earlier Paris was trying to think uh goju and say what two snakes do people say are the same. <laughs> he just brought that up earlier. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. So Oh, I wasn't actually thinking <laughs> talking about it. Well, no, I think it's interesting because what's because there's obviously varying results of a coastal to a green tree than a jungle to a green tree. I would think. I haven't seen a coastal. Really? Yeah. Because, I mean, you think it's just because really all you're doing is putting cream into it. There doesn't seem to be an enhancement of color Couldn't, perceived from... I, I, I have no idea. <laughs> I see how this isn't going well, you is it? Do it. You can do it. <laughs> I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's just something I love about a black and yellow snake. That yeah. When you put a green snake into it. I, what do you think makes some of them have that? Like some of them do poke out a little bit of green or genetics. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. See, this is okay. This what is going are you, to, what are you looking for as far when I would, I, I think it would be really what's your ideal. I think it'd be real neat. I love, I love the yellow and black. I think it'd be really neat to have one that was green and black. Mm. And I think you get that more towards the 75%. Really? Yeah, the green the green comes out a little bit more in the C fives, but you also like I said, you get some of those steel grays and 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 other ones. Bill had one sixty two and a half percent, which yeah, I mean that yeah. means there's got to be multiple. It, it had like oranges though. in it and stuff like that, if, if I remember correctly. Really? It, was, it was really cool. Yeah, uh, a fifty percent to a seventy five would do that, and there's probably other ways to do it. <laughs> but I mean that speaks to the fact that those animals at least survive to the point where you have multiple generations. Yeah. Meaning yeah. in order to get that you have to have a 75 have s- one, one of them is a fertile, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you would still be does that put you like 6 years away from maybe oh, crap. <laughs> maybe 8, I don't know. Uh, I do I do have a seventy five percent carpet that I got from John Battaglia. It looks it's a female. So if theoretically if I put a Okay, somebody help me with the math. Come on, man. If, if I if I if I put if I put a green tree python to a seventy five percent jungle it would, I think that would be 62 and a half. If, if I'm, well, that's what you said. Wait, I got, I got to draw my number line. I don't know. No. Well, you're closer I think that's, than I thought, at least. Yeah, she's, she's, she's young. She's two years old. So she's, she's got a bit to go. Do you see any difference as far as? 
as feeding these guys or doing. You just do they're all, the they're exact all animals. Same. Yeah. I guess we we should go through the way that you would breed a snake, just in general. Because obviously you've only bred jungles and carp or yeah carpets and green trees, correct? The first time was a crapshoot. Mm-hmm. It I just put them together and let nature happen. And uh, like I said, through the advice of my mentors, you know, would know what and, and the carpet python book, uh, what the ovulation was, what to look for, and stuff like that. And it was it was pretty pretty textbook the first time. Mm-hmm. The second time, I learned about cooling. And preparing for winter, so I I, I, I tried all, I tried all that and got myself really confused and and uh, uh, I tried that and I, I didn't ever witness her ovulation and uh, back up to the first one the the time between ovulation and shed and then shed and laying was not textbook it was a very short period I can't remember exactly what it was but but it was a very short period of time the second one I did not see the ovulation but the time between shed and laying was like 45 days which that's that's a bit long the incubation period has been within a day on the on the two so i'm assuming it's going to be <laughs> the same on this one this third one was pretty much textbook as far as ovulation to shed and shed to to lay in mm-hmm. you uh, think that's just cuz you follow you're better at following the formula now well this one went a lot earlier i've had i've had her lay once in April once in March and this one was in February. Sorry, this is no, not no a smooth transition. <laughs> <laughs> so the temperatures I don't think have been that much different. Okay. So I don't really know what the difference is and yeah, why 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 the, yeah, yeah, what why why they've all been a month apart. So in the future just when fall comes around I'm going to start preparing them and putting them together and let nature take its Which course. That's all I can. Fall in Texas. That's, that's, is, <laughs> it's like uh, January. Like, what is that? Yeah, I, I mean, think. We were it, in the 40s last week. Yeah. Now we're in like, it was burning hot. Today. And last year when she had off, it really didn't seem to ever get very cold. Okay. You know, so it, it seemed warm all along. So maybe it wouldn't have happened anyway. Right. Because uh, I, I don't know. It's a, uh, like I said, I'm just, I'm just having fun with it. I'm not oh. trying to get too scientific. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. So far, I'm having good luck. <laughs> so backtrack a little bit. When you first got into, you know, you saw the jungle in RBC, like, was this always your plan? No. Was like, what was, when nope. you first bought that first one, what was your, like. Get a snake. You weren't thinking ahead at all. <laughs> you were just like, I want a snake. Yeah. Okay. There was no, there was no breeding. There was no. <laughs> there was no collection plans. There was no whatever. And, and, uh, course my very patient wife one led to another and this is the last one you know <laughs> have you ever heard that this is the last one never right well never accepted he that. never he never <laughs> he never states oh no he yeah no it's never the, you know, the affliction know. happened far before yeah. she showed up so yeah it's it's different when <laughs> it's one benefit but now, the, now the, the, i yeah yeah now i've come to the point where i know i'm space limited and all my young ones, I'm going to have to find space for them. So, so now. You can take your, your computer and your desk. <laughs> well, yeah. Move it to the guest room. I need to, we need to talk. There's possibility. <laughs> yeah, we still have to have multiple uses, like yeah. ours. Someone already, never mind. I don't need to bring it But I have. I, no, I, someone it, shit on us in the chat multiple times. Here's why are you saying that? Our, uh, 
bed because it made me mad. Well, I wanted to throw it out, but Melissa and I love it. It is a second bedroom. Oh, that's the first purpose. I'm not giving up on it. All right. Glad we got that <laughs> out we on got the that podcast. Out. If I anyone guess. wants to stay over, we have a gassed bedroom that no one's ever stayed in. It's a snake so room. I have friends <laughs> coming in the next couple of months. They will stay here. So I'll see them when they come. Take your shit. <laughs> <laughs> So I have the, I have 23 now, and that seems to occupy a good portion of my time. I don't know how people do 60 or 100 or 200 mm-hmm. unless it's their full time deal. Uh, like I said I, I I I wake up and clean the poop in the morning. I come home and clean the poop before I go home. I mean before I go to bed and, and uh, that's enough. <laughs> and, yeah, and I'll sit in my room like this and just like I, like I said, enjoy do whatever, but enjoy being and looking at them. It's, they're just fun to watch, even though they're not doing anything. For the most part, I just I just like looking at them. Uh-huh. So, so yeah. how do you plan to set up hatchlings? I have a I have a little rack. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have uh, 20, 20 little racks uh, or two two hatching racks. Each have ten in them. Uh, heat tape. Do you know what size tubs those are? I think they're six quart. Like uh, small ball python fun. baby type tubs, or uh, I, all I could do is compare it to something. That I've got you like you I've don't got have odd tubs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're about half the hat. They're about half the length of those and twice the width. So, I think it's a six quart, and that's so, a, another one, but made by JPM Reptilia. Mm-hmm. So, uh, they they work out great. I mean, I, I put the little uh, tie wrap square things in the, the you know the things you secure tie wrap. They it's got a sticky back on it. And it's kind mm-hmm. of square shaped, and I stick one on each end and put a coat hanger in between. So uh, so it holds on there, and it's easily to remove, easy removable for cleaning or whatever. Uh-huh. Just a paper towel in the bottom and a little water dish. That's that's it. And heat tape underneath. Okay. So you're you're keeping them identical as far as heat goes. Yeah. And substrate's going to be paper towel. Paper or... towels. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I've had I've had really good luck with it. I mean, when I had the aspen, you know, they'd spill their water on it, and and it would it would mold. I wouldn't catch it. When I had the coconut fiber, it was holding way too much moisture for those cages. It was it was just constantly soaking wet in there, which I I know is not good. Uh, and paper I use paper towel in the tub in the tubs or the the hatchling rack in the small cages and, and that craft paper in the big cages, kind of brown paper. It's not really absorbent, but it works well. Yeah, that setup that you had as far as the craft paper goes, you had like, like I don't know if you would call it like like butcher type. Like, is that yeah. butcher paper? It, it's called per, uh, it's not perforated, but it's indented craft paper. Mm-hmm. I get that, and I got the little roller off of Amazon. It's like a roller, but it, you can cut it like it has. A it, yeah, it has a it's, a. it's a terrible sharp edge on it, but uh, it it rips half the time. But I'm starting to get it down. Cause I got I got a mark on to... I got a mark on the top on one of the cages where where that's three feet. <laughs> unroll it, rip it. There it is. <laughs> yeah, and you had clearly a system because it's like it's mounted like under your. It's cage. not. It's just on the ground. It's okay. it, it's just it's well, the it weight looks of it. like yeah. it is supposed to be there. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, it's supposed to be there. <laughs> no, I don't think you know how meticulous that is. As far as you uh, have a marking on the exact spot where you have to. Well, I don't think most people. Do it's not that. a mark. It's just between the. It's, it's an, right, it's right. An area. But, but you made a yeah. mark <laughs> mentally. <laughs> but what I'm saying is that, like, that's a cool trick for someone oh, who hasn't thought of that. I just I mean, came up with it. I was, I was just kind of pulling it out and <laughs> be too long. Too no. It, it's got a. It's got a. Like I said, a, an edge on it that mm-hmm. is supposed to tear it, but it doesn't do it well. Snake hasn't complained yet, so I'm not worried about it. Yeah, where do you get those big rolls? Amazon. 
Amazon. Yeah, it's like twenty five bucks, and the and the little metal holder was thirty ish, maybe. Is it like hard that. to ship then? <laughs> Free shipping, at Prime really? Prime member. Yeah. Oh shit! So it doesn't matter how big it is, because they matter those are heavy. That's where I get my paper towels too. The only paper towels I can find that are still actually six inches on the perforations are are these uh, I think brawny paper towels. Mm-hmm. I get a whole case of them from Amazon for like thirty five bucks. And that's Ship so that six inches, so it fits it, in the towel. Yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, a two foot cage. Whereas the store bought paper towels, you know, you got to fold them or you know have something right. not covered or whatever, so they, they work out well. Once again, that's more thought out than most people would. <laughs> it's the exact size. You went out of your way to get the exact size. Well, after you change so many poopy diapers, <laughs> you try to make life easy. <laughs> Do you think it's possible to be a super hard earth conscious snake keeper? As far as, I feel like y'all go, y'all use so much paper products. A paper, paper, paper is decomposable. But it's still bad to use so much frequently. You know, the big thing is people don't want you to use uh, paper towels at all. They're like, use nap, you know, use real napkins. Or, I don't know. I'm just all right. We'll use rags in each well, one, and we'll throw them in the washer. No, no. Like, is it possible to be like annoyingly I, 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 earth conscious and be a snake keeper? I I think that's well. You get, you're going to get arguments either way. I, wish I think I, I think the I yes, think the I think down. the paper is a renewable resource and it is decomposable, so that's not a big deal. If you were using plastic carpet that you had to throw away every now and then, I would think that would be something else. Uh, the wood chips they're they're decomposable uh, and and a renewable resource. Coconut's a big renewable resource, but oh, you're cutting down the rainforest for the coconut. Yeah, so ah, damn it. <laughs> But, you're cutting down but coconuts are happening either way. If we can use yeah, the house, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd I'd much rather use paper than a, a plastic product. Yeah, I, I, I'm 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 conscious about waste, but uh, I mean, it costs money to waste, and it costs the environment. I am environmentally conscious, but. Life goes on. <laughs> we're also. I we're, still. I still drive a car. We're, we're trying to make Texas in the winter. You know, Australia or Indonesia. It's really. Yeah. It's really hard to be. I think he was joking, but Evan said we should use hemp products and save the trees. That's not a bad. I mean, if it worked, I mean, the snakes would be happy. They'd eat more. <laughs> no hemp hemp is a renewable source I, I got no problem with that if they made some sort of thing the, the whole thing is is something like that if it was disposable great if you have to wash it it's, that's that to me is a pain in the ass right and even i think when we had jason on i think he says he washes like all his tubs like i mean probably better than us we just dump the aspen or whatever but like he what he goes through like deep cleaning washing all the tubs and everything um, which is probably really good for the snakes, I, but like that's a lot of yeah environmental that's, stuff, and I'm sure a bunch of people do that. Um, but that's one thing I like about the tubs is they don't really have corners in them because a snake a snake will poop in a corner, and you cannot get the poop out of the corner unless you dig your fingernails into it. <laughs> and 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 they habitually they won't go in the middle of the paper towel. They always go go to the edge, and they. Always, yeah. oh, and, and so that's that's one inconvenience, and one thing I would like to be able to do better is is the cleaning. I mean, you, you get stains of the paper, the the craft paper leaves stains in the bottom when they when they pee. It kind of stains the white stuff brown that you can't get that up. So every time I take the paper towels out, I I, I have the I use a F10 uh, diluted to the I think it's two fifty to one, 
whatever the, the whatever but, but, to the bottom. They, they have they have a low medium and high dilution and one will kill like you know nuclear accidents <laughs> and stuff like that. i do between the low and the medium i spray it wipe it put new paper towel in and, and if it's effective great if it's not i don't know yet <laughs> that's <laughs> and i wash my water bowls once a week i guess i use ceramic water bowls mm-hmm. and uh Seems to be good for me. Some people do two weeks. Some people, I mean, not two weeks. Some people do, you know, every few days or whatever, which is great. Wait, but, am I supposed to be washing them no, when no. I clean them? I'm just saying, half the time, I usually, honestly, I will refill them for the most of the time, and I will scrub them out only about once a month. I don't know well, if I'm a scumbag or... Yeah, we just dump well, it and refill it. <laughs> we, we, we have a little, kind of hard water, and as it evaporates, it leaves kind of that... That white really white showers. residue, and also I don't necessarily put the same bowl back in the same cage. So I, I you know, I just I just take them all, dump them, put them all in the dishwasher so they're all sanitized, and then then I just you know fill them and put them back wherever. Yeah, I'm weird about the cross contamination thing, mm-hmm. so I always keep everyone the same everything. But also, we all have ours in the dishwasher. So <laughs> yeah, it's like so Apple. I don't know. It's nitpicking at that point, meaning yeah. like we all have our own things that we're worried. I don't know we, why. We do. They're all in the same room. So if there's an aerosolized right. problem, then they're probably all going to have it. Uh, unless you actually disinfect your hands between touching each one. I don't know how long, you know, when you put the. I do between each rack. Yeah. So. but and, and how long that lasts. You might do yeah. it once and it lasts all day. I don't know. It, but unless you do that between each one or whatever the time period is, you're still risking. Hi, baby. You're still risking uh, contamination. Right. Uh, I no, th- I'm not I, saying I, that I'm right. I, I think, I think a totally sterile environment is not good. Just like when you're a kid, you need to eat a handful of dirt to build your immunity system sort of yeah. thing, you know. Uh, I don't know if, uh, you know, all the all the inbreeding and, and you know, some of the, which is the only choice we have in some cases. And the sterile environments might be le- uh, leading to some... Uh, depressed immune systems i don't know right i'm not i'm not a doctor i'm just <laughs> going, going going by what works you know well i mean if you take humans as example us we're essentially in captivity at this point we're yeah. not out there hunting for our own food yeah. and if we were out there 365 exposed to the elements we're probably going to get sick and well, see, see I'm, I'm but like did you did you did you play in a sandbox when you were a kid did you have cats? You know, sort of stuff. You know, but but now you have all the Clorox wipes and everything sterilized and everything, and you have all these kids with allergies and and other thises and thats, and 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 I just, I just, I just wonder if you know having your body fight off some of the some of the little things makes it stronger in the long run. I can tell you, even with all the Clorox, they're still gross. I still have kids who eat food off the floor and put widgets in their mouth and like it's <laughs> the Clorox. she had a kid um put his gum drop his gum accidentally in the toilet Sweet. while he was peeing uh-huh. and then took it out and put it back in his mouth nice nice so, that's what you're working with still had flavor <laughs> five second rule work for toilets too huh <laughs> So it's kind of, you know, I think about it probably more often than you would think, like, because, you know, you go herping or something, you lift up a rock and it's like, 
this scummy, moist environment yeah. with all these nasty creatures. It's got spider webs and mold and grass and rat turds and all that kind of shit. Right, yeah. and these snakes are always under there. Yep. You know? Having a good time. So it's like, but we feel that we need to keep them on paper. As soon as it gets soiled, let's take that out. Yeah. And let's... Yeah. So it's kind of a weird... Um, I don't know why we do that. It seems to work for us. But... It, it, it does, and it's it's it's... I mean, of course... In an enclosed environment, you probably don't want whatever fumes from their urates and stuff like right. that building up in there. Uh, but is is the way we keep them leading towards the RIs and stuff like that? You know, the the depressed immune systems, or are we helping it? I don't know. Right. Yeah. Something for somebody smarter than me to figure out. I don't know how many snakes anyone comes across and have an RI or anything, <laughs> or if you would even have them long enough to know. I got one that's had one for a while. He's in a different room, and and uh, he he's on the on the, on the Fortas, and seeing what's going to happen with it, and you know, doing what I can for him, but uh, see what happens. And it's, what it's just feel, weird. What do you feel personally about medicating an animal versus kind of waiting it out? What's your first step when you see a symptom, and what is the symptom? Up up till this one, I you know first thing was the the vet visit and, and get him medicated. And it, it gets it gets expensive because a, a culture to find out which medication will work is more expensive than the vet the just the basic vet visit medication. You know, it's like two hundred bucks for a culture and then you know hundred for the vet visit. Uh, so I've I've done that and it's worked rather well. Uh, this one I kind of wanted to see what happened just to see if you know we we get over colds by ourselves. So I I kind of just wanted to see what would happen and so far it's. <laughs> It's not getting better, so I decided to go ahead and. Is it getting worse? It's not getting well. It's 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 hard to tell. I mean, it it it. They do the wheezing thing, and the lips stick together, and you know they don't flick their tongue out. Not blowing any bubbles, which is is a little bit weird to me, but the sticky stuff on lips. So I I soak him, uh, in a in water with a little betadine in, it, and then I got these little toothpick toothbrush things that I dip in betadine and rub around his gums to because it gets the mucus buildup in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I started him on antibiotics, so we'll see how that goes. It might just be something that's... And, and I had him tested for NIDO. He doesn't have it. Uh, at least the first test came back negative, so knock on wood. Uh, so I don't think that's an issue. I think he's just got a bacteria in there that's not agreeing with him. Mm-hmm. And and he can't fight it on his own. I, I put him in... I've, I've had suggestions, you know, put him in a, the cage with a 90 degree, you know, up the heat to 90 degrees, and uh, it just wouldn't keep it at that uh, and, until just recently. Now it's <laughs> it's starting to keep it there, and and right. I, I think the antibiotics are kicking in. I think I think it's a should. separate room that may not be as. Warm. It's not it, no the 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 warmth from the other cages is amazing. Right. Yeah. It, I mean, it, there's a huge difference than when you just have one. Uh, so yeah. So we'll see how that goes. So you don't mind going out there doing vet visit and giving a medication and. No, no. I mean, like I said, these 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 are my pets, and I care for them. Uh, you know, th- there there's some experimentation value to it that I want to see if this works, but I can only carry that so far before. And, and now the other you also one don't want a dead animal. Absolutely. And so far, knock on wood, I haven't had one. So right. <laughs> I'm, I'm six years in and haven't had one. I know that will change. Right. It's just a fact of life. But uh, but uh, I've been very lucky so far. I mean, I've had hatchlings that. You know, 
Right. Yeah. I don't, I don't think people barely made it out of there yet. Yeah. Because she was very sad when, because we yeah. had hashlings and, I mean, especially corns, I guess, are very, very um, fragile when they first come out. Yeah. And either they, devils. <laughs> they don't take as far as food goes. Most of ours are do okay with food or there's kinks or, yeah. you know, just for whatever reason, you can't tell on the outside, but on the inside, obviously something's yeah. awry. Yeah. I had one that uh, came out of the egg, but our theory is that when he came out, he must have grabbed his uh, yolk, still had a yolk sack uh-huh. and... and I don't know if he yanked it or whatever, but, you know, 10 minutes later we went in and he was keeled over. We had one that was a, a, a twin in the egg that just didn't separate. It was, it was a monster. Yeah. It was, it was, it was pretty nasty looking brain was on the outside and stuff. So oh. it's in the freezer as a, as a abnormality Choking thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> freezer burn. <laughs> That's, but, uh, so, you know, but, but so most of them just don't, let me think. I think those are the only two that that went full term. You know, it, it seems to me that the others the others went and uh, if they went full term, they hatched and were okay, or the egg just uh, stopped developing or rotted or whatever. You know. Hey, right. Bill's on. <laughs> hey, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> so that's. <laughs> well, show's over. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't need to. But it's funny because his name has come up in this oh, podcast. Like three but times also, ago. he changed his thing on YouTube. Used to be William Stiegel, but now he's back to Bill. Oh, okay. Back to everyday <laughs> Bill Stiegel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I used to be who's William Stiegel. Oh, yeah. There's oh, Bill. Okay. Great. But let's. Let's. T- yeah, that's the whole story. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk more about. Wait, but now I have questions. I questions. want to ask Bill's about stuff we've talked about. <laughs> like his- <laughs> Absolutely. Do that? He's not we, here. We, we need a fact checker, please. Fact check, Bill. The stuff we've talked about, like with the, because you brought up, you said, oh, no, I can't remember, something he has, and we're talking about the 75%, or are we talking about that? Oh, the 60, 62.5? The- yes. How did he get the 62 5, which you said, but I just, I don't know, he's here now. <laughs> we, we, we were curious if it was a 75% carpet to a green tree or some other combination. Right. But it doesn't seem like you have any higher rate of that kind of stuff with carpondros than you would. I, I don't think so. I've never done a carpet clutch, but from what I understand, what I, my mortality rate doesn't seem to be any different than that. Yeah, I've, I've had pretty good. Success. I don't know what the percentage is, but I'm happy with it. And that's the same <laughs> with, I mean, health. You said you've had six years without it. Yeah, yeah, and I haven't had too many slugs either. You know, the the the, the actual fertilized egg rate. Has, I mean, slugs are just a given that they're they're not included in the batch. Right. But then you have like uh, in this clutch, I had two that were fully formed eggs, but they didn't have any veins in them. I don't know what that's called. If it's just unfertilized or what, or but huh. but it's just like yellow fluid in there, and so I know those aren't going to put a big X on them because I know they're in there. They're starting to shrivel you, up. I'm at you four try weeks. To wait it out. Yeah, I'm going to. It's, mm-hmm. uh, somebody asked it. As long as they don't stink, they stay. You know, even if they get moldy, that doesn't yeah. that doesn't seem to bother me. The the one, like I said, it had to have a perforation in it or something because it it smelled dead and it, it had to be removed or mm-hmm. or we weren't going to be happy. Yeah. <laughs> So when you're taking these clutches, are you uh, you break them apart or are you trying to leave the pile intact? This time I left the pile intact because uh, she laid them while I was at work. 
and they were already pretty well so stuck they're together. Super stuck. Yeah, the, the 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 first one was the same way. The the second one, I actually watched her lay the eggs, so I could I could when she was done, I took them out and I could you know mark them, and and you can separate them. It's just you also, I guess, have the risk of tearing one. Uh, Jason Miller gave me a good technique of using dental floss and kind of using ah. it. Uh, I don't. It, it, it's handy for that you can see each one, and if you want to number each one and when it hatches, or, or you know if they're all separated. But if it's all in a clutch, it it looks really cool. And my probe goes right down in the middle of it, and it, you know that it, that is the temperature of the clutch. You know, it's right it's, as best as you can, best as I can, as accurate as my thermostat is. Right. You know, which uh, you know. It's a wet stick, you know. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, so the question we had earlier, what would a uh, green tree to a 75% jungle make? Bill said it'd be 75% jungle, 25% green tree. Right. But if it's a 75% jungle, that means some, so there has to be something else. It can't just be 75 Yeah, so it's a, it's a, Oh, so Bill's saying that 88%, so going a step further... 88% GTP has never been produced. Uh-huh. So Hit it, Bill. You're going to have Bill do that one, or are you going to take that one? I got six, seven years to go on that one, probably. So, I mean, Bill's clearly a green tree guy. Oh, yeah. Well, he's, a, you, he's an everything guy. Are you more of a carpet side guy, or are you more making your life easier with the... Uh, I'd make my life easier. I don't, I don't know where that's <laughs> going. Saying, I like that if you go higher, higher the green tree, the more difficulty perceived, in my opinion. Oh, I'm, I'm. If I live long enough, I'm going to try it. <laughs> like I said this year, theoretically, if if uh, my fifty fifty is old enough or big enough, I know she's old enough. She'll be if she's big enough. I'm going to try to put her dad back to her to make right. a seventy five. Right. I. I, I my feeling is the fertility rates and the outcome is not as good as the 50 fifties will be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know why I feel that way, but I do. I hope it isn't. But the, and then we'll see, see where that goes from there. Mm-hmm. Total speculation question. Um, do you think putting it back to her dad has, it gives you a greater chance than putting her back, to, putting her to, I, I know that his, his swimmers are viable. Uh, and I don't have another male that will be old enough. And do you I'm, think the fact that they are relatives? <laughs> do you think that does? I, I I would act personally. I don't I don't know if I'm understanding correctly. Personally, I'd rather introduce different blood to it. Okay. But I'd rather if if I know he's proven and she is not, then if I put two fresh snakes together, I wouldn't know which one was not working. Right. So if they do produce viable eggs, then I know that she's good, and maybe next time I can try another, another different male to check, check, see if uh, everything so will works. That, will that hinder your process as far as because obviously you don't want to um, put two together to where you'll go willy nilly for years on end trying to figure out if the male's the issue, the female's the issue. Yeah, well, all my all my males, you know, I have some that are going to be just pets or be sold off because I'm, you know, some of them I just don't want to breed. I have a few that I do want to, and and again, that's might be why I try the seventy five carpet just to make sure this male has viable sperm. Uh, and and you know, do what you will with that. Then I can use him for whatever, you know, later on. I really, 
haven't figured out what, yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe a male 50, 50 to uh, 75, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. There, there are so many possibilities. Uh, I mean, at some point you're just doing what works, right? And what I have the option to do. Right. With, yeah. with, with what I have. Right. Yeah. How long, how long do you feel comfortable with running your female jungle? Until she don't want to do it no more. <laughs> <laughs> is the sign when she just, le- you know, the clutches start getting smaller? I guess, or unhealthy, slows. or if, if she if she's declining, but like she's, she's only six. Right. Maybe maybe six or seven. So she's, And obviously. If you, I've heard they can live 20, maybe. Yeah, yeah, maybe That's 20 crazy. years or something. So I, I would assume she has at least a couple more in her. You got 20 more years of her. Do I? 20 more years of her. <laughs> Do I have 20 more years? I hope so. Of breeding her. Do you, you have that in you? 14 more years of breeding her. I don't know. I play by ear. You know, I, I just, I'll judge her on her own condition and, and whether, whether I feel it's right or not. How do you feel that, or how do you feel the market is for Carpondros? How do you plan to sell them in the future? I just, I just put a Facebook ad on my page. Uh, and and a lot of tire kickers, a lot of serious people. I haven't had problems getting rid of them. It's usually within a week or two that that uh-huh. I get interest in them. So I haven't had to hold on to any that I want to sell for any period of time. Uh, it's hard to sell them because I like them all. And again, I, we talked about uh, uh, I want I want them to go to somebody who I know will want to you know keep them and care for them and not just you know a novelty thing. Right. So what would be your process to kind of weed people out? I don't know. Uh, I have a hard time judging people. Uh, I do. I, I, I try to develop some some kind of friendship with the people right. uh, just to get to know them and, and through recommendations and stuff. And, and I think everybody up to I mean, you do a lot of messaging before you sell one of these because they're not really cheap. Uh, and so you kind of get to know Who's what? <laughs> I know some people, I mean, not a hard, fast rule, but they kind of have a rule like some snakes they would never sell to a first-time keeper. Would you sell a Carpondro to a first-time keeper? I, I can't say no. I'd have to, I'd have to, I'd have to, every situation is different. I mean, right. if it's a good, responsible person uh, that, that seemed to have their shit together, uh, I, I don't see why not. Right. I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of experienced people that ask, about them so i don't know if that means they're just curious or, or they're interested but you know I, I i tried i tried i tried to not get people too interested until i know what's there yeah, because you know don't count the chickens before they're hatched yeah, you're not starting <laughs> and, then, and then establish because like my first clutch that i had so many that wouldn't eat off the bat so i like to get at least five mm-hmm. uh, meals in them and, and make sure they're good and solid before they go to anybody uh so, so you don't really you don't really have any issues selling them, but it's so hard to know who's in it for the real long haul or who's. Yep. I mean, you get people right off the bat who you put something up and they're like, "Would you take this?" And then it's like, "Well, if you don't really want to talk to me about the animal in the beginning, like yeah. if you don't want to form some kind of friendship around." Frickin' this animal that I spent so much time producing. That's why I end up with racks of baby corn snakes that are 20 bucks. <laughs> I, I tend to end up 
making better deals with people that are friends. So it would behoove you to be my friend before you bought one. <laughs> 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 no, because you would rather let it go for less and know that you're good to go. Absolutely. Of- Absolutely. And, and and for somebody who just wanted to flip one, I can't see paying the price for it. And then you can't really charge more for it. Mm-hmm. You know, so what's the advantage in that? Right. I'm, I'm worried generally about being scammed, you know. Yeah. You know, backing out of the payment, or, or you know, you ship it. I just hear I hear so many war stories that thank goodness I haven't had to experience yet. But my day will come. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you you weed out a lot of the bullshit per se once you get to a higher dollar animal. And I mean, we yeah. haven't mentioned um, what's the price range for these animals. Mine, I've started at eight hundred bucks unsexed. Holy shit! Yeah. I didn't know that. I was really expecting. <laughs> <laughs> we're friends i'll give you four <laughs> i i honestly because i have no level of knowledge on the price of it because i always said that i would yeah. never buy one right yeah. so it's like obviously a very very nice jungle is going to be about 400 a very very, very nice, nice chondro, yeah. maybe a thousand so oh yeah that, that yeah or, or more designers are, are even you know oh of course quite a bit more so i just wonder because well that's another good thing about it is you have to want one Right, you yeah, because I one. thought that there weren't enough people who were really looking for them, but they look obviously great. Yeah. So I just didn't know the market was big enough to sell them for that much. There's not that many out there. Right? That's exactly so, what Brandon just said. He was yeah. like, I thought Carpondros would be more like four to 500, and the demand must be higher than we realized. But I guess is, the supply is that and, low. And, and, and if more, honestly, if more people start producing them, that, that might come down. Uh it's, 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 it is the supply and, and demand thing. I mean, it's a lot of work that goes into breeding any snake. Right. Especially, you know, we only got two to breed. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's cool that you can occupy this space with only two animals to breed, right? Yeah. Like, you can be a player in this game with just two animals. Well, this is, it, it, these two animals have got me into this. I mean, I wouldn't have. You know, all the extra ones that I have. And, and snakes in general. The snakes in general and, and the caging. I mean, basically my first two years have helped pay for that, uh, you know, getting into it. If I didn't produce those two clutches, I'd still just have two or three snakes probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why I don't have like a lot of display cages and stuff is because I have all males and I don't make any money. Yeah. Fucking yeah, issue. Wow, wow. <laughs> we like our fifteen dollars for lights up from Target. <laughs> well, they were great though. Like I said, they're 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 easy to. I got no problem with tubs whatsoever. Uh-huh. It's just it's just not what I did. Yeah, I, I, I'd, I'd seriously like to sit in the room and look at them, and and it's it's kind of hard to look through the side of a tub and, and see them. But you know, it's it's corny. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, also, you like to offer them both options as far as terrestrial and purchase and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Which, I mean, once you get to the adult size, the CB70 isn't going to work as far as, you know, these Sterlite tubs are yeah. strictly made for terrestrial snakes unless you get those. Well, and, and how, you, you have some bitey snakes, right? Yeah. Yes. This is just a theory that I just made up that... <laughs> The coming when you when you when you have tub snakes and you have to come in at them from the top, you're you're always a threat. You know, if you can yeah. swing a door down and come at them from underneath, you're not you you possibly are not being perceived as a threat and might have less issues. 
said, none of mine are really, really that bad. I mean, I have one that can't really distinguish me from food, but that's not a aggressive, that's not a, it's not a, it's not an aggressive defensive thing. It's just a, I'm (laughs) stupid and hungry. (laughs) That's that's slightly derogatory tub snakes. Uh We We just have tub snakes. Tony no. has cage snakes. <laughs> <laughs> we have these they nasty tub snakes. Docile. I mean, I, it's a theory. Who knows? I, I I don't have a problem. That's that's just a theory on on uh, handleability. Also, I mean, there's more visibility the snake to you. Maybe they're more accustomed to your presence. If I, I don't know if they're smart enough to recognize, the, I, I don't know. <laughs> but like I said, like a goldfish, if you if you pop one lock, they're all there at the corner, ready to be fed. Uh-huh. <laughs> I have a question uh, that you too. may have asked earlier, but yeah. Um, what do you notice about their roaming nature, I guess? Because like, if you're looking right now, like our jungles, yeah, it's nice. they move all the time, but our green tree. Males. Our green tree yeah. is evolved by the fact that it doesn't it, it, it's hard. It, it's hard to catch them. I mean, uh, nighttime, they're moving a lot. Uh, my big male green tree python, I very seldom see him out. Sometimes I'll come in at an odd hour in the night and he'll be down drinking or around or whatever, but usually it's just to drink or poop or whatever. Uh, yeah, green trees are weird that way. So that, you think, characteristic pass on to the carpentras from, you know, that carry through from the green trees rather than, do you understand what I'm saying? I think the carpondros are quite mobile at night. Yeah, they're 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 moving around a lot. Because I mean, if you see, I think our green trees move around more than we know. More than you know, just happens to be when you're not moving. Yeah, right. (laughs) So I mean, there's been someone said it. Someone was real dickish on my my video about putting because I I thought about doing the the water bowl on the perch type thing Mm -hmm. green trees. But someone was like, "You think they have water bowls on their perches in the wild?" Actually, they like, do. Is that their accent? They're also <laughs> not. <laughs> I imagine him now. <laughs> I imagine <laughs> he's from North Georgia. And he, no, I don't fucking know. But <laughs> I mean, I understand. Um, we shouldn't baby our snakes, but. Do you see any validity in the the water bowl situation? Where you put your water bowl, what goes on? What works for you works for you. I put mine on the ground. Yeah, and I haven't had a problem yet. Uh, uh, and I, I visibly see them stretching down. It, again, it's at odd hours of the night. If I'm in there, it's not during the, the normal times. Uh, I'll see them down there drinking occasionally. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them, it's probably two years before I saw her drink. But obviously, she's not dead. Uh, she's, <laughs> she seems she stuff. seems hydrated. You know, she's good yeah. good skin and everything. And also, I think it, it helps to soak, uh, if you warm your prey in water or whatever, you know, they're getting some hydration that way. Right. I mean, I try to, and this is just a weird thing, I keep my rodents wet and stuff when yeah. I defrost them. You do the same? Uh, occasionally. Right. I mean, so, 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 sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. I mean, I know the Carpondros, they all drink. I see them do it all the time. The pop one, he, yeah, he's a camel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the, the green trees, like I said, just body condition and everything, they just don't seem dehydrated. They're shedding good and everything, so I, I don't worry about it. When I put the water bowl in, I put them under where they usually perch. So it's, it's you know, six, eight inches away. Now, the one I have one 24-inch tall cage, and, and he has to come down like three perch levels, but I've seen him. I've seen him stretch across a three-foot cage to get a drink before, just to right. not 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 mess with Mama. Yeah. <laughs> that was funny. It was a funny picture. But 
yeah, I think it's uh, we don't give them enough credit for their. I mean, I want my animals to hunt also at the same yeah. time. Like, yeah. I don't mind them roaming around because I mean, those are males. Whether they're looking for food, whether they're yeah. looking for mates, yeah. Um, like day yeah. and night, like they are just yeah, they're constant. Well, I'm I'm a I'm a I will I will take I want to take care of all my critters, but I also have that whole survival of the fittest thing. Mm-hmm. If you're too stupid to drink water, then then the diamond was just drinking right now, and I cool. just thought that was funny. Yeah, yeah. If you're too stupid to drink, then then either I'm doing something wrong, or you you're too stupid to drink. <laughs> so one of us has to figure out what to do. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, do you keep any, I guess we should ask while we're on the green, because obviously you keep green trees mm-hmm. if you're going to do Carpondros. So are you doing any special considerations, obviously, between Carpondros and green trees? What's the difference between feeding, size, frequency, anything? My green trees, um, I've gone solely to mice. Uh just because I've heard, and I don't have experience with this, but I've heard the rat here is a little bit more hard for them to digest. And, and even my, these 540 grams, I think, he'll eat a, 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 it's a jumbo mouse, which is an adult mouse that's fat, I think. And I don't, I'm questioning that, whether that is actually a, a big mouse or it's a fat mouse. I don't want to feed him a fat mouse. But, well, yeah, but, you buy those jumbo mice and they're just retired females. Maybe that's a degraded food source. I, as well, I, so. I don't know, but he's, it, it, it it seems to be good for him, but it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's, uh, I, I, my general rule of thumb is, is I like to feed about 10% of the body weight every two weeks in the green trees. I tr- I'm trying to stick real adamant to the, to the two week thing. So you're not even, that's not even body structure. That's literally by weight. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I don't know why I came up with that. It just seemed logical. <laughs> There's some, some, but it seems so specific. I will. <laughs> No more specific than 20. <laughs> 20 just seems like a lot. I mean, when you have a 25-gram baby and you're feeding them a 5-gram rat pink, you know, any anything more than that just seemed like it was it was too much. Right. You know, and that's just because rat pinks are 20%. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, some guy was, was, I was listening to, to Eric Burke today, and, and he was saying he feeds, uh, not Eric, but his guest was saying 20 to 30% less frequently. And... All right. Uh, I don't mind giving that a try either. <laughs> I think we're starting to find the fact that you can do large meals less frequently, small meals more frequently. You can do yeah. heavy feeding in the summer, no yeah. feeding in the winter. Like you and, can and, mix it up. And, it, and yeah, and from yeah, it, there's there's no pattern. I mean, you find something you fall into, but logically, the less it, the less it costs you to do it, the more beneficial. So feeding one larger feeder every two weeks instead of two small ones every one or, you know, every two weeks or every one week, it's more cost efficient, too. Right. So and that that does boil into it. You know, I'll spend what it takes to keep them going. <laughs> right. you, you actually want to see it break even at the end anyway. <laughs> Yeah, that's what sucks with Colubrids is you always go two pinkies before you go a fuzzy. So it's like, yeah. You spend more because you have to. You go multiple food items before you go larger food items because okay. they'll regurge on a drop of a hat. Really, when it goes too big. So yeah, yeah. Like the uh, the body size and stuff. You know, a python we're used to doing. At least most people do the size of the body around is the size of the mouse. Or yeah, they're actually around. saying twice the size. Some really? twice the size of the body. Well, I, I like to savage. see. I like to see a little lump. I like to be able to yeah. tell that they've eaten Especially something. Especially on carpets and stuff yeah. like that. They'll yeah. 
and like I said, I might be doing it wrong. I don't know, but I've been successful for six years. So, so okie doke. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tony, I want to thank you for being on. It's been my and pleasure. I think it's a real um, interesting and particular thing that you do as far as uh, <laughs> heathen. <yeah. laughs> as far whether people like it, hate it, indifferent, it doesn't matter. It's it's something that, that is like yeah. <laughs> it's something that is different from the status quo and then also the fact that you are very particular about the way you're doing it and you you act like you don't have all this information and I'm, scientific uh, right off the bat i'm winging it i'm winging it yeah, very but I have good mentors. I have good well, mentors. You keep, you keep track of what you do is what yeah. I'm like. You seem to, you know, some people do different things, but don't really track the results or don't really track exactly what they're doing. I track their feeding and their shedding. And for, for Layla, her, her uh, ovulation, shed and overposition. Mm-hmm. And then I track all the... Uh, hatch data whenever I, whenever they you know how many days that kind of stuff and temperature but right yeah that's, but it's that's awesome I, because we're able to get that information out there for people like you said there's not many carpondras out there yeah and i'm free for information people ask me questions all the time I, so I don't, I don't mind talking to people where can they reach you selective scales on facebook and instagram i don't have a website but that's that's where i'm at that's just as good as having a website these days <laughs> yeah yeah and his posts are awesome, and they have great captions and hilarious <laughs> captions. Thank you. And great dad jokes throughout each one. <laughs> so check him out on Facebook, Instagram, and what do you have to say about us? Check us out, because <laughs> obviously if you're listening to us, you already found us, but Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Oh, shit. I don't know what I just did to the computer. (laughs) I don't know. know. But um, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for all your questions. Um, Tony, thank you. I think you have a very different and interesting story. And so it's just, it's nice to hear all the different ways people got into snakes. And um, I mean, it's cool that you just found one at a show and then this is where you are now. (laughs) That's just a big difference. And I think it's just, it's interesting and different. Um, You're supposed to say 4C Python. I already said check us out on Instagram, oh. YouTube, Facebook, 4C Pythons, buy our, buy our t shirts. Well, I, I forgot that you could like subscribe to podcasts, so that would be sweet. If you're listening this far, you're probably right. Oh, on like SoundCloud, you can su- subscribe? Or, or on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever oh. you get the podcast. Oh, okay. I didn't know you So could do I didn't realize that people may be listening and not subscribing. So. That's subscribe that <laughs> hit that notification um, bell yeah <laughs> really but um every monday every monday so, um, we still haven't changed no it is march oh you were gonna say who we have next yes. week but next week will be april remember his name just <laughs> justin kabelka is next week <laughs> so who we have next week is justin kabelka you probably know who he is which is going to be different because obviously we don't do much ball python stuff so people who are into that that will be for you we'll probably delve a lot into the business stuff and you know it won't be like how to breed ball pythons because uh pretty sure the dog can breed ball python sorry ball python people love y'all 
Have a great night. <laughs> Later, guys. <laughs>